Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What is this? Hello. It's exciting. Oh my god, I love Christmas. Listen, I do too. You know what else I love? I love holiday parties. Not really having any this year. Ours got canceled. Yeah, that's, it's not happening, babe. Yeah, Omicron. I usually have a holiday party at my place. Haven't done that. Don't really care. I know. <laughs> Just finally started decorating the tree two days ago. <laughs> maybe, maybe the real question is, am I the a-hole here? Maybe I am actually... The holiday a-hole. I'm the Grinch. Okay, get this. Have you even watched yet Christmas Vacation? I haven't watched Christmas with the Cranks. I haven't either. Nothing. nothing. What's happened to us? I don't know. I'll tell you this. Two weeks ago, I was all in on Christmas. Now I'm like, eh. Eh. I'm tired. I got a lot going on. I'm kind of just tired. (laughs) Well, how about this one? Uh, A pregnant mom cancels a large Christmas party for her husband's family and now he's demanding a formal apology. <gasps> Who's in the wrong here? Okay, this one's all over uh, all over Reddit. It's another round of my the a hole. But so tis the season for holiday parties and huge family arguments. Correct? Yeah, sure. Why not? The holiday season can run uh, ramp up tensions for anyone. But this one dad on Reddit seems to have taken it to a whole new level. He invited his entire family for a five day celebration. Five days. Uh, at his home without consulting his pregnant wife first, who also, by the way, is the uh, head caretaker of their two-year-old child. So, she's six months pregnant, so she's actually very pregnant, and uh, is asking opinions on Reddit to see if she overreacted by canceling all the plans behind her husband's back. She writes, My father-in-law passed away a year ago, and this year my husband decided as the man of the family to host Christmas at our house. Unbeknownst to me, he sent out invitations for a five-day Christmas celebration to his entire family of 26 people. I found out about it by accident, and I was so shocked. Uh, And so now she's saying she took matters into her own hands, okay, and texted the entire family to cancel the party. The husband then called her actions outrageously appalling uh, and made him look small with no authority. His solution? uh, That his wife provide a handwritten apology for canceling the event and for being insensitive towards uh, him and his authority. She later wrote that her mother-in-law became involved, as they often do, um, and uh, said, giving me a stern talk about how out of line I was for disrespecting my husband's decisions regarding the holiday celebration with the family. She also said her husband was not planning on helping uh, with his party, rather, sitting and telling stories of his dad while I handle everything. 
That was what was going to go on. Okay, so this is interesting. First of all... Who's the a-hole? Okay, I will say this. I started taking baby medicine. I call it baby medicine. as mm. a proper name. But, you know, I've been working with HRC Fertility, so we're getting ready to create embryos. So you have to go on this certain medication. Also, there's like hormones, estrogen involved. It's like a lot. And mm. listen... I have my sister-in-law who's been pregnant. I love pregnant women. I've never claimed to understand pregnancy. But just the little bit that I'm feeling right now with just the proper medication, it's wild. I feel like I'm good, but also I feel a little bit more emotional um, and like stable. But like it feels like a lot. I can't imagine now knowing this tiny fraction of what I know, being six months pregnant or being pregnant at all. It's really difficult and kudos to anybody who's had been pregnant, whether you've had the child, lost the baby, it's tough, right? Uh-huh. That's enough. I also lost my father-in-law almost six and a half years ago, Lisa's dad, and that was really tough. Mm-hmm. Having both live in the same year Year and a half. It's a lot. I think a lot of families are facing this right now, too. It's a lot, you know, mourning a death while bringing in a mm-hmm. new one. However, although the husband is devastated, if you're so devastated, one, why keep it a secret? Yeah, why that part. not share that with her? And two, if it's your dad, then you do everything. Well, listen, yeah, She's and he, pregnant. And here's the thing. Let's take the let's take the pregnancy out of the equation. Because I don't I don't want I don't want to sound like I'm painting the picture that, oh, she's emotional and that's why she's overreacting. If she were not pregnant at all and completely in her best state of mind, she still, in my opinion, has every right to overreact and to react in any way she sees well, fit. Well, she should have known. In the conversation, let's say if she wasn't pregnant and she was in a regular state of mind, it would have been a different conversation. Hey, babe, I'm not doing well this year. I miss my dad. Do you mind like handling this? Then she has the option to go, yes, and probably would have been like, yes, I'm so sorry. Let's work this together. Yeah. But to be pregnant on your feet, it's not even an emotional thing. She's literally carrying a child in her belly. Her body hurts. She's tired. She's fatigued. It just is what it is. And then to not tell her, I think is really disrespectful. I think also, to me, I'm like, wait, what kind of relationship is this? Yeah. My partner and I would never, ever do something like this. Who on earth reaches out and invites 26 family members to their house for five days and doesn't talk to their wife? I mean, That's insane to me. It's not normal. That would be a major, major, major argument in my household. It would never first. It would never happen. And apparently, it's not. She and put a kibosh. To she it. sure did. And we were supposed to get together twenty six people last year for the holidays, and then pandemic happened, and then we couldn't do it this year. So, like, I understand the like the wanting and the need to be with your family, but also, dude, go to therapy. Like, your therapy isn't just like like invite your whole family, and not tell your wife. You're you're suffering the loss of your dad. That's real. But also, talk about it. I will say that, you know, when you're in a relationship, relationships are sometimes the most important. And I will say one one thing I am grateful about my partner, she lost her brother-in-law earlier this year. And so Thanksgiving looked a little different. Her sister still cooked. Yeah. She invited her mom over. They invited us to come from L.A. to Vegas to eat with them. And I was like, you know, Lisa, you can go and I love you. I'm just going to stay here because I feel like we just moved. It's pretty chaotic. Let me just get everything balanced. And Lisa was like, no, we'll just stay here. That's then I'm not going to go. That's what a partner and does. And that's after her brother-in-law died. You well, know? Yep. well, one commenter had the perfect perfect apology saying, uh, here's an idea for you. Say, I'm sorry that you do not consider me a partner and that you have operated under the misguided notion that I am a baby maker and child raiser that you can ask, uh, 
also tasked to organize, cater, and run complex and large-scale family events without consultation or consideration. I apologize for allowing an environment to exist that led you to believe that making such a big decision without discussing it with me and your resulting behavior and callous disregard for your pregnant wife could exist. Rest assured that this will not continue. There it is. And that's on Amen, honey. Yeah, he's the a-hole. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. This is really interesting. There's new research that uh, suggests that um, women tend to trust gay men more than they trust straight men or other women. Yeah. It's not shocking, but it's fascinating to see that an actual study is being done on this. And it makes me think of all the years in my life, from the time I was a young child until now, where I, as a gay man, have trusted women, in particular straight women, more than anything. I'm kind of curious to see where you fall on this. You know, you're a lesbian woman, but you also dated men in your 20s. Uh, is that something that you've seen, you know, in your life to be true, that you trust, you know, somebody of the other sex more, maybe gay men more or straight men more than you trust women? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I've always been surrounded by gay men. When I moved to L.A., I was sort of taken under the wing of gay men. Mm. And it had nothing to even do with being a lesbian. I think for a woman, it's two-part. With being friends with with other women, sometimes it can get competitive, whereas yes. with gay men, it doesn't. So for the most part, gay men usually tend to just give me the most authentic, most genuine advice. But also there's a there's a particular nurturing that comes with gay men when it comes to me that you sort of get best of both. Like I, I don't speak to either of my parents, so I always really appreciate relationships and friendships that feel nurturing, even on both sides. And I feel like with gay men, I've always had a very... Um, a very open relationship yeah. with gay men, but but they're very like for example our relationship. Yeah. You're very protective over me. You make sure like everything's okay, but there's no competitiveness. Well, that's what the study says. Actually, it's it's competition is the first thing that is an issue uh, when it comes to women being friends with other women. And then when it comes to women being friends with men, straight men, it says that they feel a pressure to yeah. act a certain way or there might be a potential for relationship that's in somebody in the back of their mind. But when it comes to straight women or lesbian women with gay men, all of that goes away. I get that. I, my entire life, had more female friends than anything. More straight female friends, to be to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I think when I was younger, lesbian women didn't make sense to me. And we see that a lot in the, in the community. There's a lot of divide between you know, gay men and funny. lesbian women. A lot of lesbians do not rely on other gay men and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that I am so attracted on a friendship family level to gay men is I wasn't like an outright lesbian. It yeah. was just I was very young. I was yeah. 16 and it was very easy for me. And your, in your formative years, you were still kind of exploring what you were. And totally. gay men were just there for you. For me, I, I, I just trust women. I was raised by women, my mom, my sisters, my grandmother. Yeah, it's familiar. Uh, they, they, they're they safe to me. I don't have a lot of gay male friends. That's a, that's an issue for me because straight guys, I can almost bro out better with straight guys because I grew up, I played that game for so long. It didn't come out until I was 20 in Ohio. So I know how to play that game. Um, but there is always, I sort of test my straight friends. And any guy who's good friends with me who's straight will tell you that at first, I probably made them uncomfortable. I probably tested them a little bit more than I should. Right. I just want to make sure that, that that I'm comfortable, I'm safe with them. If I make a little sex joke or something like that, it's my way, it's always in the past especially, was my way of saying, can you handle this 
are you actually okay with being my friend or am I going to find out that you're secretly judging me someday? Right. And that has been like a sort of defense mechanism of my own. When it comes to gay men, for me, uh, I've had a hard time getting to know gay men uh, and, and feeling like, like, like maybe you would with a straight man, that there's not some sort of sexual undertone going on, that there's not some sort of ulterior motive that they're not trying to get more out of me than just a friendship. Yeah. And that's tricky to navigate. I also think the way that gay men can interact is the way that women can sometimes interact, which can be a little petty or a little bit yeah, catty. It's competitive. And so, yeah, then you take a step back. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was never something I thought about. I will say, as I'm coming into the desire of motherhood, I find that I do crave more women in my life who have been pregnant who understand like what the body goes through yeah. like certain things that women can only answer just because they've dealt with it and with the relationship I have with my mom not having somebody that I can go to mm-hmm. it's very important to me so I've found that I've tried to expand myself more to finding women I love but gay men have really just for me always been my my home my safety do you find yourself because you don't have a ton of lesbian friends either just like I don't have a ton of gay male right. friends have you found yourself as you inch closer and closer to marriage with Lisa, you know, uh, I'm engaged, you might as well be. Have you found yourself more interested in becoming friends with other lesbian couples? Yeah. That's how we are too. Yeah. Yeah, I think as you get older and as things change, you know, when we were in our 20s going to Tiger Heat, I wasn't worried about you <laughs> Thursday know what night, I'm saying? Brittany night. That's right. Yeah. We were having a good time. And I also knew, speaking of Tiger Heat, I could go to the club and not get roofied. I'd get home safely. Yep. I'd have my shoes and my bags. I'd have and everything. You'd get a confidence boost because everybody would tell you oh, you're fierce, yeah. honey. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. The, my gay men in my life were so incredible. But yeah, now that we're in our 30s, I feel like seeing marriage, seeing children, if it's not a I think it's just a same-sex couple with the same goals that I'm really turned on by, you know, by wanting to, that sounds turned on by. But to emulate that. Yes, In your own life, in your own relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this totally makes sense. Um, I I feel like you can always change, but for me, yeah, gay men have been everything. And personally, for me, I don't want you to have any other gay male friends. And I don't. I'm sick of it. There. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
So 2021 has been a bit of a bit of a mixed bag for the community. Uh, in one regard, uh, it's been great just because Donald Trump is gone, hey. right? Uh, but then you see state by state by state enacting all sorts of laws, anti-LGBTQ laws. The Equality Act has not been passed. So you might think, oh, gosh, it's really not gotten any better. Right. But there were some highlights, some moments that we need to all celebrate as we as we move into 2022. We hope for a better 2022. But there were some really great things that stood out this year. Um, how about, first and foremost, I think the man of the hour of the last year was Lil Nas X. Yes. And when... Lil Nas X did this cover, Two of Your Worlds Collided. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Not a queer black man who Jolene, is on the top of Jolene, all the charts, who in one video wrote a stripper pole down to uh, the devil himself. Took his booty right on down to hell. Who then turns around and sings a cover of a Dolly Parton classic. Listen, I this tracks though. Because and is accepted by the world, by the way. Well, he's very smart because he collabed with Billy Ray Cyrus mm-hmm. in um, Old Town Road. Yep. Right? Then he got friendly with Miley Cyrus. Well, as we know, Dolly Parton is Miley Cyrus's godmother. It feels like it was about to happen at some yep. point. And um, I actually have a very fun fact about Dolly Parton. Do you want to know what I just heard? What? Um, okay, so Pentatonix actually covered Jolene as well, and they got to do it at Jolene's home studio. No. And I know that because my makeup artist, Lipstick Nick, I saw her the other day. We were chatting, and she told me this because she got to be with Dolly Parton. She was, like, dying. She said, do you know why Dolly Parton always wears uh, long sleeves? I said, no. And she said, because she has a sleeve of butterflies. <gasps> and I said, what? She has tattoos? She has a sleeve. And nobody knows it, but if you Google hard enough, you can sort of see some of the butterflies in a sheer top that she'll wear. And it's amazing. She said, Dolly's really smart, but Dolly's kind of wild. And I was like, of course she is. She's low-key low like a hardcore liberal. Like she loves everything we love. She loves us. She's so, but she always tries to stay neutral. Yeah, which I kind she, of. But she respect. does it in a perfect way. Yep. However, Little Nas X covering Jolene, also killing the vocals. Yep. By the way, makes perfect sense. Totally, just a sexy voice. So sexy. What stands out for you? Um, I think that a big deal for me was Kylie Sonique. Oh yeah. I think it was incredible. I've actually known Kylie and have been friends with her for like. 10 years before she was ever anything. And if you're in the West Hollywood area uh, and you've been in the scene enough, you kind of always just know each other. And uh, I had heard through a friend of mine, speaking of Miley Cyrus, Kylie Sonique is now Miley Cyrus's drag mother. Listen to all this interconnected. It's all coming together. Well, let's let's recap that moment really quickly. It was a big one. The winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6. Sonique Love. Yes, Mama. Mama. She was the first trans woman to win RuPaul's Drag Race. And honestly, big deal. she is so beautiful. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I feel like I have a lot of like exclusive details. Uh, when she got the call to do it this season during the pandemic, she had only a couple hundred dollars in her bank account, as mm. did a lot of people. And she was like, how am I supposed to create these looks? How am I supposed to do this? And she called Willem. And Willem got her ready. For the bull. Wow. And that's how she uh, was able to come up with all these looks. But I really think not only 
is she the first transgender woman, the first queen to literally fall on stage and turn it into a somersault? Into a somersault. Hey! I- iconic moment of the season. Hey! We're recapping uh, LGBTQ plus highlights of 2020 tw- or 2021. You do have a lot to be proud of. How about JoJo Siwa on Dancing with the Stars with Jenna Johnson, the first same-sex duo okay. to ever dance on that ma- it's a major network production in their 30th season. That was a big one for me. Also, there were a record number of LGBTQ Olympians this year in Tokyo. Tokyo almost didn't happen. It was delayed by a year. Turned out to be the gayest Olympics we've ever experienced. Uh, and that was really, really, really awesome. Um, how about the old gays? Are you familiar with oh, the old gays? Oh, this is so cute. In the Coachella Valley? Yes. What, what do we know about them, Michaela? They're adorable. So the foursome of gay men who range in age from the mid-60s to late-70s have more than 3.2 million followers <laughs> and 320 million views uh, across their social media platforms. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around that. Truly, one of the men said, I mean, at 77 years old, I never had any idea that this would happen to me. It's totally surreal. I feel like a dinosaur, but the way that people are reacting to me and to others, I can't believe it. It's amazing because we talk about this a lot. We feel like there's a certain generation that just sort of got the they crappy did, end Yeah, of the they, did, they did the work. And then they and didn't then really we got, benefit. Yeah. And so... Uh, People like Montana Tucker, who have like 11 million followers, are taking them and doing TikToks with them and doing all these things. And it's a beautiful way to celebrate where we've come from. There's, their faces are so sweet. They're adorable. Also, comic book lovers had a big, big year. Like fan favorites like Robin, Batwoman, and The Flash, all part of the community. Also, uh, Clark Kent's son. Superman's son is bisexual, ladies wow. and gentlemen. That's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Pete Buttigieg and, and Chastin. Uh, welcome their first uh, two children, their newborns, Penelope Rose and Joseph August, uh, back in September. That was a really, really big deal. And then also this moment that we've sort of been waiting for, and it sort of almost happened a few times, uh, but this was was pretty big. Carl Nassib came out as the first active uh, NFL player totally. uh, to to be announce himself as gay, and he plays for your hometown, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Carl Nassib, I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I think it's amazing. I think it's so exciting. Also, uh, historic uh, queer cover models for Playboy. Yep. They went totally different. They just announced Cardi B as their creative director, uh, but we saw our trans brothers and sisters, gay, uh, non-binary, uh, Asian, black. Bretman Rock, yes. Filipino on the Incredible. cover. Pretty awesome. All right, Michaela, I want you to think about something or, or things that you've done in your life to keep up like with the scene, right? You just came back from the Dinosaur weekend Amen. in Palm Springs, lesbians everywhere. Um, and I want you to be thinking about how you've tried to sort of keep up with the Joneses as, as a lesbian, because this this story coming from Australia is wild. And this man is an extreme, extreme version of what I think we can all sort of relate to, though. He's 25 years old, uh, and he his name is Dwayne Antojado. Uh, he is in all sorts of legal trouble because he lives in Melbourne, Australia. He set up 109 different identities, which he used to set up bogus insurance claims uh, that he would then use the money to spend on clothing, clubbing, and cocaine because that's what he needs to do, according to his attorney, uh, who says that he had to keep up with the lifestyle that he adopted. It was through that money that he acquired this lifestyle as a gay man, right? He uh, is in all sorts of trouble right now, but uh, his attorney says that the lifestyle there for a gay person 
is heavily based on going out, clubbing, being fit, healthy, and well-dressed, which was everything his client was not. So he did all of these things so he could afford nice clothing, MDMA, and cocaine so he could fit in. Okay. Okay? I'm going to tell you something right now. I have never used MDMA or cocaine in my life, and I am here, and I am queer, right? I don't need to go do insurance fraud and create 109 different identities to bring, which is really impressive, by the way. I I can, Michaela, do you know how to use your insurance once? Just yours? Because this guy had 109 of them set up. I I spent months trying to find a uh, a therapist, a therapist on my own insurance yeah. with my best friend who's a therapist and could not find a single therapist. Listen. Insurance is so complicated to me. So he, had, he was able to fraud 109 different companies? Yeah, well, he's an icon. He should be able to have the money then. <laughs> because it is very difficult to navigate. Listen, this is really says a lot about our community. I just came back from Dinah Shore. Lesbians are a little bit different than gay men. At least they used to be. Lesbians are a little bit different now um, as far as there's more lesbians like myself that are very, very femme. It's very expensive, like the weave, the nails, the whole nonsense. And I think that particularly- You're not wearing with, flannels and cut off jean shorts. Absolutely yes. not. Which is, which is the, like the idea. Yeah, of that's what not happening. Yeah, yeah. No. And I think that we're very, very judgy as a culture. And I think that we do make a big deal about who's got the drugs, who's got the better clothes, who's got the bags. Uh, people a lot of times do cocaine so that they can look skinny. They don't even really want to do it for the drugs. They just don't want to eat because we have so many uh, judgments about people's bodies, gay men's bodies, females' bodies. And although this is like not a good story and it's very, um, very bad of this bad boy, uh, this is the pressure that we have put on as society that people need to be living this lavish, ritzy lifestyle. And when IG went off for a couple hours yesterday, I think it was nice for people, one, because we saw how many people actually rely on their whole life being on Instagram, mm-hmm. and two, basing their life off of other people's highlight reels. Well, it's really interesting you say that because when we were coming back from uh, Cancun the other day, we went down there for a quick little 39-hour jaunt to plan our wedding. We ran into uh, somebody who I've known for years, who's, who's known in the industry. Uh, he's a he's a gay man and very successful, uh, and he was waiting in, uh, to get on the plane with his husband. And I was like, "Oh my God, I, I haven't seen you! In, I haven't seen you since before the pandemic. How are you?" He was like, "Oh, whatever, making small talk." And his husband is very fabulous, very attractive, very attractive. Love. And and we get on the plane, and they go sit in first class, and we sat in like economy plus, right? And I sit there for a second, and I was like. I'm thinking to myself, and my fiance says, did you like Loki want to tell him, hey, we flew first class on the way here. Did you want to say that to them? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. And I don't know why. That's so terrible. I don't care. We're spending our hard-earned money on the wedding of our dreams, and it's Cancun. So if you've ever flown first class to Cancun, it's just a bigger seat. They're not really first class. They're crappy old planes. They're not that nice. So it's not really a difference between first class and economy plus anyways but that's neither here nor there we felt this need and and because in my mind i was like oh god he's going to go back and say something to somebody he's probably thinking about me right now wondering why i'm sitting back here in economy he's up there in first class he's going to go back to la and tell our friends we have mutual friends in hollywood and that it went through our minds isn't that the weirdest thing though because like why 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 does it matter where i fly or where i sit or what i'm wearing do you know what i mean because i'm happy my partner's happy. We love each other. We're planning a wedding. And also, to be fair, 
that thought might not have crossed his mind once. He to might be fair, never it probably of- didn't at all. You know, this thing I heard, and it's like such a reality check, is people are so so involved with themselves yep. they don't even care about what yep. you're doing and to be fair that's true when I walk into a party I'm not like oh what is Sheila doing I'm like oh god do they think I look fat like that's what they're you know a what I'm saying percent. so Dwayne this young 25 year old Australian listen we, we hope it. you learn a lesson we hope you find more accommodating more comforting more kind gaze uh, because honey it, it's, we're more than cocaine and MDMA yes Welcome back to the morning beat. It's time for another round of What the Health with our in-house nurse practitioner, Dr. James Simmons. Uh, this is really fantastic news. You know, over the years, we've heard of a couple of cases of HIV being cured. Uh, there were a couple of patients referred to as the Berlin patient and the London patient who were cured with stem cell transplants. Uh, now there is a second person uh, in Argentina who's been declared cured of HIV without getting a single transplant. They're calling this a a natural cure. Uh, Dr. James, what do you know? This was reported on Monday this week. I have to say this, and this is one of my favorite journals, the Annals of Internal Medicine. Not the Annals, (laughs) yes. The Annals, right, the Annals of Internal Medicine. So this was was actually originally reported at a conference in March, but then now sort of peer-reviewed and written up and done the old, you know, everyone crossed their T's and dotted their I's, and it now was reported in the Annals of Internal Medicine on Monday. This is now effectively the fourth person who has been cured for HIV. Two people were cured using very expensive, very invasive, kind of crazy, like, stem cell procedures, and that's the Berlin patient and the London patient. Those are two men. And we have two women the most recent of which they're calling the Esperanza patient because oh. she's from Esperanza, um, Argentina. And she was diagnosed in 2013. So check this out. She was diagnosed with 2013, in 2013 with a test that looked for antibodies, right? So I get infected with the virus. We all learn about antibodies now, right? I'm infected with the virus. My body freaks out and reacts to it, develops antibodies. Great. Oh, my gosh, you have HIV. But then subsequently, they have never ever been able to find a trace of the human immunodeficiency virus inside of her body. They have been combing through, they've mapped her DNA, they have combed through billions of her cells, they've looked in all different parts of her, you know, immune system, T cells and B cells and CD this and that, they cannot find it. In a lot of people, HIV will, will lay dormant, right? And, and it just, they will have an undetectable viral load sort of naturally. But through this process, scientists and, and medical professionals can find the HIV still in their body. With this woman, they have literally not been able to find the HIV. And so after eight or nine years of this, they are effectively saying her body has rid itself of her original HIV infection and she is cured. She no longer has HIV. That's wild to me. I mean, it's That's... interesting because, you know, uh, a lot of people like say over the years, like Magic Johnson, one of the first like huge profile people to be infected with HIV 30 years ago. And he was just recently um, uh, talking to Gail King over on CBS. And he was talking about, you know, living with this for 30 years. You know, he's got a son. He's got a wife. He's w- with the entire time. And he's been undetectable this entire time um, and living with the virus. And so I, I think it's fascinating to, to think of somebody who is, she's not just undetectable, because we know what undetectable means and, and that you can live a full life, right? But literally undetectable, like it's not even there. They can't even find it anywhere in her body. 
I just can't wrap my brain around how that's possible. Is, isn't this wild? This is, like I said before, this is the second case of someone having their, their body, their immune system, having done this naturally on its own. But so what does this mean going forward, right? Well, I think, and this, the Esperanza patient, when interviewed, has said, she said, I feel like this is my responsibility, like, to do as much as I can to help the science of this, because maybe there's something in me, in my DNA, in my blood, in my immune system that can help other people and potentially lead us to a cure. You know, years ago, we never thought that HIV would ever be cured because it is a very complex virus. It changes rapidly. It mutates rapidly. It, it adapts to medications very quickly. It's just viruses in general are not things that we generally cure, like as a species. But we were like, there's no way we're going to cure HIV. Well, now, through two stem cell transplants and two individuals that we know of in the research whose own immune systems have cured HIV, it's, it's starting to get researchers thinking, all right, something might be up here. Let's dig into these individuals' immune systems, their genetics code, their genes, et cetera, and see if there's something there that might lead us towards a cure. I think it's tremendously exciting, but this obviously means, I mean, we're still years away from what could potentially be a cure. Mm. It's wild. I mean, it's crazy to think that after all of these years, and hopefully, you know, with the pandemic, it was really obvious how people that were HIV positive were just not supported and um, how quickly people moved for people that had COVID but not HIV. And to know that there's just a possible permanent cure you know i think that people that are hiv positive have a really great way of being able to um stay healthy and really keep it just really low profile but to never have to worry about something like that again i mean just feels incredible and for this person to say i i realize i'm unique like please take you know apparently this i actually was reading through the, the actual research study from the annals of internal medicine uh, right before, uh, you know, earlier this morning. And apparently she's been very uh, receptive to saying, like, use me as much as possible. I get that I'm an anomaly and I get that I could potentially help others. And and I mean, th- this woman has actually gone on to give birth and the child that she gave gave birth to um, is HIV negative um, completely through. And she, this woman, by the way, has never taken antiretroviral medications. So this really is something of a unicorn, but this is a human being with an immune system that we can study that can hopefully lead us down some road to potentially harness and produce cures, you know, in the future. And I, I really, really do think it's exciting. Uh, well, I want to talk to you, Dr. James Simmons, about something else that's really important. Uh, queer people are stocking up on this life-saving nasal spray, um, but we're starting to run out. And what do we do? What is it used for? And what happens if it's all gone when it comes to overdoses? We continue our conversation uh, in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get a in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to What the Health with our nurse practitioner, Dr. James Simmons. Say that three times fast. Uh, you know, Doc, we wanted to ask you about the story we saw on Queer Tea the other day uh, that people of our members of our community, queer people, are stocking up on a life-saving nasal spray um, and, and why it might be a problem. So what is the spray first and foremost, and why are they stocking up on it, and why should or shouldn't they be doing this? This is fantastic that queer people and, and everyone really are stocking up on this. So Narcan is, it comes in a nasal spray or in a, an injectable, and it reverses very immediately. It reverses uh, the effects of an opioid overdose. So if, I'm going to take you back to, to science class a little bit here. So opioids fill these receptors that make us feel really, really good and you sort of get high. Well, Narcan comes in and actually replaces instantaneously all of the opioid that's attached to those receptors in our cells and kicks them out. So you go from being like super high and and possibly overdosing to instantaneously we kick all of those things off of the cells. And I've seen it in person many, many times. Individuals will literally it's almost like a movie. They will like literally like wake up, gasp for air, all of those things. Unfortunately, if you don't have Narcan around and someone has overdosed or had, had too much of an opioid, that can lead to death very, very quickly. And in fact, you know, the latest statistics are that 93,000 people died of some sort of form of drug overdose in the United States. That's in 2019. The, the numbers for 2020 were really, really scared are going to be much, much, much higher. Almost half of those were opioid related. This is a really, really big epidemic, particularly with new types of opioids that are so much stronger, like fentanyl, which is 100 times stronger than morphine. Um, and individuals are getting a hold of those things. They're smoking them, they're shooting them, they're taking them in pill form. So I feel like having Narcan around, everyone having something like Narcan around is going to be so critical. You know, it's just really interesting. I, um, I just a personal story. My mom was with a woman for a long time, and um, she unfortunately did die of a drug overdose. And I remember that we had Narcan in the house specifically for that reason. And so it feels a little bit triggering, um, but I do think it's important to have. I think that you, so she knew that she she could have an issue with the drugs, and so she well, had she it on did. hand. Yeah, she. I mean, wow. she did have a, a drug issue, and it was you know it was known. Um, and it it started very much having a back surgery that turned into. 
uh, abusing the pills and uh, there was a drug issue before back surgery. She'd gotten sober. Mm. I mean, I think this is a story for a lot of people. Um, But, you know, we find that especially after this pandemic, people have had to face a lot of hard truths sitting uh, at home alone for two years. And uh, sometimes, you know, just taking pills or, or doing things makes it a little bit easier. But what happens if there is a Narcan shortage? I mean, that's like yeah, a really real thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that we necessarily uh, are fearing a shortage of Narcan nece- right now. But I think as more people become aware of this and do things like your your friend and family, Michaela, and ha- have that, this around, um, you, you know, that that's potentially a problem. Listen, I, I'm much more of a harm reduction type of person. So I think we have seen from, you know, Just Say No to Drugs to all of these different campaigns that punitive ways and telling people, you know, you just have to stop using drugs doesn't address the complexities of why people use and abuse legal and illegal substances. So until someone gets to a place in their life where they want to stop or they can stop, we have to be able to protect people and keep them alive. Right. And so I think that there, for those out there listening who may, you know, whether you're able to admit this to yourself or not or are seeking help or not, you know, if you have a problem with prescription opioids, non-prescription opioids, things like morphine, fentanyl, heroin, all of those things, you know, I, I really think it's important. Get some Narcan. You can you can literally walk into a pharmacist anywhere and just say, I need some Narcan, and they will have a conversation with you about it. This is not something where you need to let necessarily go to a provider, get a prescription. There are, you know, uh, uh, never, there's the never use alone uh, line, 1-800-484-3731, that is available in the U.S., you can call anonymously if you want, and someone will actually stay on the phone with you while you're using. And if you need help, they can send someone to help you. You know, if, if you are, have difficulties with these, these medications and these drugs, I urge you to get help if you can. But either way, don't ever use alone and have Narcan on hand. It can literally be the difference between life and death. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. James Simmons. Um, uh, you know, I think that also while we're having this conversation, um, what are there things to do? What are things to notice if somebody does have a drug problem or what is something that, you know, if you're living with somebody that may have a drug problem, how do you have this conversation with them, with keeping the Narcan in the house, with also letting them know? Because sometimes, you know, people that have an addiction tend to be a little bit defensive and, you know, we don't want to make anybody feel bad, but you want to, you know, have all the safety precautions. Absolutely. You know, I I really feel like in so many different ways, you know, bluntness can be sometimes the best depending on the situation, right? You, you having a conversation with someone when they are in an altered state of consciousness because of a drug um, or, or a legal or illegal medication, don't do it at that time. When you have an opportunity, when someone is sober and you can say, Hey, listen, I'm really concerned that I think, you know, that you might have an issue with, with pills or with opioids or whatever. I'm not judging you. I want to be here to help you. And I want you to be around forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll figure this out. But I just need you to know that, like, in my house or here, we're going to keep some Narcan on hand. I'm going to give you this spray. You can put it in your pocket. There's going to be one in the you know bathroom medicine cabinet. We're going to keep these around. And I urge you, please, if you're going to, like, continue to do these me- these drugs, don't do them alone. You know, also, when you're ready for help, I'm here to help you. Sometimes that just acknowledging it up front, sometimes it's going to piss people off. You know, and I but I think that's okay because ultimately, most people who are in these situations 
most people, not everyone, but most people in these situations get to a place where they really don't want to be doing this anymore. They just don't know how to stop. Well, yeah, and yes. it's so incredibly addictive. It's great advice. It might make them upset in the moment, but in a moment when it could you know, save their life, they're going to know that you're there for them. And, and that's really, really fantastic yeah. advice, James. Thank you so much for thank that. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Dr. James Simmons, for joining us as always. Of course. My pleasure, y'all. Boy, do we have a caddy caddy story for you and it doesn't even involve gays oh my god it's which incredible is, which is so splendid because it's usually us that god, are this, this petty and this caddy um but it does involve uh, a couple of couples in southern california in, in the orange county area actually <laughs> laguna beach to be specific i didn't know it was right in laguna. oh yeah you know laguna beach a lot of millionaires and billionaires down there a lot of republicans actually uh, a lot of money Right? A lot of money, yeah. A lot of mansions. Well, there are two couples feuding right now. Um, so one of them is billionaire investor Bill Gross. Now, he's allegedly blasting um, the neighbors uh, with music at all hours of the day because they're so upset by a what they describe as a, gaud, like a gaudy like sculpture, a uh, piece of artwork in the lawn that apparently cost a million dollars that they sometimes cover with netting to keep the birds in the in situation away because a lot of seagulls and birds down you know down by the beach yeah and they're complaining that it blocks their view so they're upset they're in a feud right now they have filed restraining orders against each other each couple has to stay stay 50 yards away from each other at all times and bill gross the billionaire who has the sculpture uh this is what he's been playing for his neighbors on repeat 24 hours a day Oh my God, this is the pettiest thing I've ever heard. People with money have too much time. Can you imagine? He's blasting over his like probably million dollar sound system, the theme song of Gilligan's Island on repeat because his neighbors, he's so upset with his neighbors. Okay, well, here's how petty it gets. So, uh, Gross and then his pro tennis girlfriend, Amy Schwartz. Yep. Um, they tried to sue the neighbors, accusing them of being completely obsessed with them <laughs> and displaying what they called peeping Tom behaviors. This is something you would do if you were a billionaire. Oh my God, you're completely obsessed with me? Stop it. Can we play? We need Mariah Carey, so why are you so obsessed with me? That's what he should be. Oh my God. I'm going to make a suggestion. Don't do Gilligan's Island. Play Mariah Carey's Why You So Obsessed With Me. That would be the pettiest way to do it. I, look, I feel... Well, like people are just trying to distract themselves from everything that's going on and find something to make them feel important. But he also does say, so the neighbor says that uh, the eyesore, it's an eyesore and the city requires permits for it uh, and for the netting that goes over the sculpture, which they did not get. There's also something called good neighbor lighting rules that they have to abide by. And there's a whole checklist. There's a city of Laguna Beach website. Um, and it has to, there's a whole list of things that are acceptable and unacceptable. You can't be flashing light or like shining light that goes into the neighbor's yard. It has to point mm-hmm. to like a sculpture that stays in your yard. They did not do that. But talking about shady, um, do you know, if you were on a TV show, Michaela Gordon, and Gilligan's Island was iconic, right? Yeah. Season one of that show, though. The theme song went a little bit differently, and I feel like this is how your character would be described if you were to be a star on that show. Let's play it so we can talk over it, Justin. Okay, this is nice. Sounds about right. Yeah. The skipper two, the millionaire, and his wife, correct? Got it. Yes. And then the next one, movie star, yep. Oh, is that not my character? Wait, 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 what? Is that not my character? And the rest. 
and the rest. So the, they just completely the cut professor out. and Marianne. God. Season one, they just referred to them as and the rest. Do you think and that? The rest. Oh my god! Do you think that they were like they'll never be the uh, breakout characters? And then after season one, they were like, oh my god, they're the stars. The professor is like central to the entire show. Yeah, but do you think that he was gonna? They, maybe they didn't think he was gonna gain that much popularity. Like, if you were on a show like Friends and there were six of you, yeah, I'd they never... would go through the first five names no. and say and the rest, and it would be you. Well, first of all, I'm the only star on a show. Like I can't compete with five other what, people. What show is that? It's called All Inclusive. I'm gonna be on it really soon. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, also, but... I have two words for you. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Lizzo has the internet in a civil war right now because of some comments she made uh, suggesting that Janet Jackson is indeed the queen of pop. In Lizzo's mind, it came down to two women, Janet and Madonna. Okay. Right? How old is Lizzo, by the way? Early, late 20s? Early 30s? She's not that old. She's in her 30s. I think she's closer to my age, 32. So to even, yeah, to even be aware of Madonna, who is 63, and Janet, who is, she's 33. She's your age, Michaela. And uh, Janet Jackson, who's 55. Kudos to her for that. Yes. It's not her generation. That's not her vibe. A thousand percent. But a queen is a queen, right? Yes. I appreciate her thoughts on this but i have my own list so should we just go down the list should we do that amen because listen i am quite the aficionado of um all things pop so i am going to start off with madonna um i would go let's let's play a little madonna music i can talk over it justin i came out to the song 
back in about uh, 2000. This song was in all uh, the clubs. This song just reminds me of your ex. I was living my biggest gay life. Oh, Ryan Carrillo, mm-hmm. who skated with her uh, during her sorry video, I believe. Yes. Her, her confessions. Uh-huh. Uh, he took me to see her at Dodger Stadium. She was incredible. She was in her mid-50s and did a double Dutch jump rope routine for about nine minutes and sang live. She's obviously iconic. Her Super Bowl, not so much. However, I'd call her the, I'd call her, was it Dowger? I'd call her Dowger. She's not the queen. She's a Dowger, which is like the elderly version of like a a, a queen figure. The queen mother. Well, she's not quite the queen mother, though. I do have actually a queen mother on my list. We're going to get to her in just a moment. I will go down the list, though, and I will say Janet Jackson. Also, though, I wouldn't really call her the queen either. I wouldn't either. She's like the queen consort. Like, if we're really going to go into this, like, royal realm, that's where I would place her. However, this is some of the most iconic choreography of all time. If it's insane. I mean, she was, like, the queen of choreography. So good. So good. I've seen her in concert, too. The Demita Joe tour back in Columbus back in the early 2000s. 2002, 2003, I believe. She's iconic. Right now, we're breaking down who we believe our actual pop queen is. If Lisa was here right now, my partner. Yes. I will say that Madonna, so for how, her generation, she's a little bit older than you and I. Yes, but she also that's she came out because of Madonna. Lisa, how yeah. she came out, her mom literally goes like this: If Madonna was in the room and you could French kiss her, would you? And Lisa said, "Yes, I would." This was over Thanksgiving well, while would. they were going to get cranberry sauce at the grocery <laughs> store. That's how she came out to her mother, and her mother sobbed the entire Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, I will say iconic. that that music. Everybody was wearing cowboy shirts and like bootleg jeans at that time. All the gays were because of that album and also Ray of Light. I mean, those albums back to back. Yeah. They were, she, had a, she had a good run again, a second sort of life there for a while. Still not to me the queen of pop. Uh, then we should move on to who everybody knows is the actual queen. That's Beyonce. But I'll say this. Beyonce's an icon. She is an icon. She's my favorite artist, period. Yes. I'm going to be super <clears throat> crystal clear about that. She's my queen of all things, everything, but she's also R&B. She's not just yeah, pure pop. Yeah, like, okay, when I think of pop, I'm sorry, the my queen of pop, for me and my generation, is Britney Spears. Okay, so there you go. We have Britney. Yes. I agree with that one, but to me, she's the princess of pop. Even though she's not the youngest person on this list, because I've got a couple more. Okay. To me, she's always our princess. And I want her to stay there. I like her feeling young and vibrant and cool and like yes. silly. Yes. I prefer that from her. I think of her in that red latex, and that's all I think about. Because she's a the little snake. bit she's a little bit different from the actual queen of pop. And there is no arguing here. So if you have a differing opinion, I don't want to hear it. Here she is. Oh wow, Justin. Really? Play it. I'm Pure pop. She's pure. She's not giving us R&B. She did do a country sort of thing there with with uh, oh my God. Joanne for a minute. Wait, but also, what does it say that I didn't even think of Gaga, Gaga. until right this minute? Gaga, the greatest Super Bowl performance, halftime performance of but all time. Was Gaga derived from Madonna. Madonna? Of course she was. So uh, does it go back to Madonna well, as the queen of pop? Madonna is the first, but then you can go back to Diana Ross. You can go back. I mean, you could you could go. Yeah, but Diana Ross is not Khan. pop. I, I know, but they I, had pop sh- hits. I know, but Shaka Khan is an icon. Yeah, but they have. There were there were some. You can go back to Cher. Cher was pop. Cher's still everything to me. Cher's still everything to me. I too. mean, you could go back. You could go down the list and find some older names. What's but, the age difference between Madonna and Cher? Well, Cher is gosh, Cher's pushing eighty. I feel like. 72, 70. 73, 70, 
She's in her 70s. Look her up because I know Madonna is 63. She's my mom's age. Mm-hmm. And I know Cher's even older. Yes. Cher had number one hits, I think, four or five consecutive decades. No other artist has ever done that. Shares the icon. So she is 75. Yeah, she's mid-70s. Oh, my God, that Armenian skin. This is going to drive people crazy, though. If we're going to be real, I know that we've all had our favorites. The actual, probably, queen of pop is this girl right here. Oh, yes. Justin, I swear to God, Justin, what are you playing right now? Is this a stupid girl the other day? Play Taylor Swift. It's not this girl. It's Taylor. Taylor Swift is obviously the queen of pop. And listen. No, I don't agree. Okay, but let's look at this. She's a little bit after my generation. She's a little bit younger, right? But nobody in the last decade has sold near as many pop albums as Taylor Swift. Yeah, but also selling records was not the same in Cher's day. We have social media now. So, we have so many so ways you, for her to sell records. Absolutely. Then you can make the argument then that Taylor is bigger. She has a larger audience because of all those things, which would actually make her the queen of pop. She's not my choice, but I think logically... I will never, ever lie down to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I will never. I will never agree to this. Oh, the debate continues. Thank you, Lizzo, for starting Thank it off. Thank you, when, Lizzo. When's Lizzo going to make that list? I Listen, wanna... I would like to say something. Yes. And this is this is low-key information. Somebody I know Uh-oh. works for Lizzo's camp. Okay. They said Lizzo is about to quite literally pop off. Yes. This new album yes. is going to be a game changer. Yes. And she's going to find herself in royalty. Well, I tell you, I love rumors. I love rumors, I love rumors it. I think it's too. so, so good. And also, you know what else I listen to all the time? Her song, Phone. What? Do you know that song Phone? No. It was on RuPaul's Drag Race Fusion. Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my where no. the hell my phone? How I'm supposed to get home. Uh she loses her phone. It's her drunk oh, in a club the whole night. It's iconic. Head over to Instagram right now to we are channel Q's Instagram. We've got Debate us. We've got the debate right there. We've got Janet Jackson versus Madonna. That was the original uh the, the original showdown that Lizzo put out on social media. We want to hear what you think. Or if you have a totally different name that we did not mention, we want to hear that too. A thousand percent. Yeah. You know who the Queen of Pop is? You didn't even say it. Carrie Underwood, you're right. Oh my God. Okay, I hate this show. Yes, and Carrie I hate Underwood. You. You're, it's obviously Carrie. You know what? I'm going to go ahead. It's, it's been such a great time, Palm Springs 1031 FM. Thank you guys for listening to me for the past three years. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a younger AJ who used to hear the song and just think, <laughs> that's funny. Life's never going to end. I'm invincible. <laughs> I'm not that guy anymore. And apparently I'm not alone because a major study of 10,000 young people across 10 different countries has just revealed something quite startling, but actually not all that shocking if you've been paying attention. 56% of young people think humanity is doomed. I, I thought the number say I don't agree. <laughs> I hear you. I thought the number might be actually a little bit higher, um, but this is quite a large study. And, and one of the major reasons that these young people feel like things are doomed uh, is because they feel like their governments are betraying them and future generations by not taking action on things like cri- uh, climate change and the climate crisis. Now, this was a study published uh, earlier this week in the Lancet Planetary Health Journal, uh, we've become very familiar with Lancet for their medical journals. We've talked about it throughout COVID and as the new variants come about. Uh, but this is a group of 16 to 25-year-olds. Um, and they literally 
just think that climate change is going to take us all out. There's no hope. Um, and only 21% of Americans thought the government could be trusted when it comes to plan our planet. Um, one mean, of the listen, lowest numbers in the entire world. Doesn't shock me, though. It's not shocking at all. And I feel the same way. And I feel like I don't know how I would have felt before I started this job. Being at this job, we are expected to cover all life events between things that have happened in Afghanistan to things that have happened uh, just in Louisiana with tropical storms in Houston. Wild, wildfire fires in Australia and here in California and in yeah. Oregon. And I mean, it's just very obvious mm. that our world is really on fire. And I remember when we were little and we were in school, we talked a lot about climate change and they would say like, if you if you don't take care of the world, you know, it's you're not going to have well, a world was, to live back in. Then it was, uh, aerosols and chlorofluorocarbons and, and the ozone layer. And the ozone layer did start to repair itself after some, some changes were made. Yeah. Um, but this report also says that climate anxiety is an inescapable stressor for young people around the world. So I was on my elevator the other day and our neighbor, she's probably in her early 20s. These two girls live next to us and they're just adorable. They're sweethearts. Um, and But I don't really know them. They're just like neighbors. And we randomly started talking about climate change. And things for the environment. I was taking recycling downstairs. She's like, ah, but does it really do anything anymore? She goes, I recycle religiously, but I don't know what it really actually does. And I said, you know what? You're, you're kind of right because for so many years, individuals have been taught that climate change is our problem to fix. Like if you leave your water running while you brush your teeth, you're killing the environment. Like you're the reason. And I said that to her and I said, but the truth of the matter is corporations are the reason corporations are killing this planet yeah. and we're 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 footing the bill essentially while Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and others are learning to fly to space so they can live somewhere else someday right and protect their families uh, and for 10 minute flight to space they're spending billions of dollars um we're we're asked to figure this out uh ice caps are melting we're seeing these extreme extreme shifts in weather so consistently now that there's no escaping it. And and she said to me, and, and this really stood out to me, she said, um, she said, listen, she goes, I don't even know if I want to have kids because of this. A lot I've I, actually heard that from quite a few people. I, I my partner and I've had that conversation. Yeah. Do we want to raise kids? Do we believe that our planet is going to be livable for the entirety of our children's lives or the entirety of our grandchildren's lives? Do we want to do that to somebody? Because I want to be honest, I stress about this all the time. And when it goes to something like brushing your teeth or, or taking a shower and Roy's told to like limit your water use, the amount of water it takes to raise one cattle for you to have one cheeseburger or one steak, if we're really going to get down to it, yeah. is astronomically higher It's crazy. than the amount of water you could ever use taking 100 showers. And I still love a good steak, but I try to eat red meat very minimally. Yeah. Because of that reason. Listen, I agree with you. I think it's really scary. I have a niece and nephew who I'm watching grow up. And uh, it's just a wild, wild time. I'll still have children, uh, you know, if God willing. But, uh, you know, I'm freaked out. I'm yeah. freaked out. And I, I do understand where the anxiety comes from. So, But you know what? This is also another reminder. You have no idea what is promised tomorrow. No. So do try to live your life fully every single day. Tell your loved ones how you feel about them. And the future is here. I mean, the climate yeah, crisis is not in the future anymore. The We're future in is it. here. Yeah. Wait, didn't Kim Petras write a song? Wow, she's an icon. The future is now. She really gets future it. Future starts now. Future starts now. Was she talking about climate control? Probably not. Was she talking about the ozone layer? Mm-hmm. Was she talking about flying cars? Was she talking about the Jetsons? Sh- sure.
I got the horses in the back. Something really fascinating has been happening in the world of music uh, these last couple of years. Uh, and it's happening in a broad cross-section of, of industries and, and musical genres that aren't normally uh, considered safe spaces for our community. Obviously, this sort of crossover with Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus became the biggest hit of all time at the time. Uh, Lil Nas X has since come out as a, as a gay man who uh, has been just shocking audiences with his music recently and also just killing the charts and, and, and slaying, right? Um, another person who did this uh, came out back in February. Mm-hmm. We're talking about TJ Osborne of Brothers Osborne. Uh, and it was an interesting week in February because it was the same week, uh, just a couple of days prior to his coming out as a gay man in his mid to late 30s. I think he was 36 at the time. Uh, Morgan Wallen had been caught on tape uh, using the N-word, which is sort of, sort of, in some ways, goes with what we perceive country music to be already. Sort of racist, pretty white presenting. Yeah. A little bit like... American flags and freedom and military and guns and horses and pickup trucks, right? Which is sort of what country music has been to a lot of people for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see country and hip-hop changing so rapidly right now. And it's it's opening doors. You know, T.J. Osborne, I've interviewed him many times. Uh, He and his brother are incredible. They're the nicest guys in the world. I sat next to him at the Academy of Country Music Awards uh, a couple years back. And I got to work that red carpet. And I'll tell you, going into that experience, I was nervous because I didn't know how people were going to receive me. I was working with like Dustin Lynch and, and Chase Bryant and a lot of other – Lindsey L. And I didn't know if I was going to be comfortable there. And I found out very quickly. They're like, first of all, Nashville is a lot more liberal than you think. Yeah. It's a lot more liberal mm-hmm. than it was 10 years ago. And also – there are a lot of gay guys and gay gals in country that you just don't know about yet. I will say to your point, though, I did Gone Country with John Rich from Big and Rich. Yeah. And what year? That was in 08, 09. And I did the show and I loved Nashville and I wanted to do like Southern rock. Like I wanted yeah. it to be not straight country. I wanted it to be like you know, sure, gritty. Sure, of course. And I really felt like that would be something I wanted to do and I'm a you know, obviously Italian, um, but I was like, I just did it. It just would have never fit at that time. Italian, Jewish, Catholic, lesbian. lesbian. Let's be clear, like, it's a lot. Yeah. Was not for it. country, especially at the time. Yeah, and I can't even explain to you how devastated I was because I really felt. And if you listen even to like my single "Honey," it's very influenced by like sort of that. You have you rock have a, and roll. Yeah, you have some Jesse James Decker vibes to you. Like she's kind of that country rock, yeah. sort of like sexy sex kitten vibe. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is. But you know, it what that was not the thing. Not back then. And especially competing against Carrie Underwood, there was no room for me oh, there. No, she was America's sweetheart. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see how they're like really molding together now. Well, I love. I just love what's happening in the music industry right now. TJ was actually on uh, CBS this morning talking to Gail King just recently about uh, sort of the unexpected. Um, reaction he's had. My life has changed in a lot of ways, and and I've been talking about this in the shows. I think um, I didn't realize kind of what a sense of purpose it would bring to my life to yeah. to be here. Um, I didn't realize how much it would resonate with some people, and to think about that, especially I wasn't really thinking about the parents of children who are queer or whatever they are, and how that would really help them to be able to help their relationship. That was something that never dawned yeah. on me. And that's the thing. Like, listen. He's he's later in his career. He's in his late 30s now. Lil Nas X is the very beginning of his career. And 
they might speak to different audiences in different ways, you know, because a lot of these kids who are listening to Brothers Osborne, they might have parents who also listen to Brothers Osborne. My friends back home listen to them, and a lot of them have kids who are, you know, some of them are in college now. I'm 41 years old. Some people had babies right out of high school, and yep. their kids are in high school and college now. Yeah. So that's two generations right there. And so what he says is really interesting because I think Lil Nas X, most of his huge, like big, big fan base, they're probably teenagers, people in their 20s. We love, we love Lil Nas X. Love. But he's not like changing my life, you know, in the same way that maybe he would have had I been 16 years old. I will say this, though. He's not changing my life, but he is bringing to light um, what it looks like to just live very bold. Yes. And I think for me as a singer, who I show up as on stage yep. is often influenced by what's going on in pop culture and knowing what's cool and acceptable. And I and I would like to say this, actually. I sang for an audience this week. I sang for two audiences. But one was very, like, privileged and white and kind of, you know, basic. And um, the confidence that I had singing in front of them was very different than it would have been five years ago, just based off of where we're at pop culturally, where I feel like tattoos and being a lesbian and doing all these things is much cooler than it was just a few years ago. And I think a lot of that is influenced by artists like Little Nas. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, there are other artists like Casey Musgraves has become like a LGBTQ icon. Oh my God. Did you see the trailer for her new song? No. Stars crossed. Goodbye. Well, I'll tell you though, Casey, and a lot of people don't know this about Casey's been writing for the the, the artists that you've been listening to for over a decade. Mm. Like she's been writing some of the biggest, biggest hits. And that's the thing. You don't know where this music's actually coming from. Yes. You don't know. Like you might actually be supporting queer artists left and right and they might be a part of your daily life and you have no idea. Yes. You might be the biggest country fan in the entire world, or the biggest hip hop fan in the entire world. And the people that are putting out the music that you're buying might actually be from our community. Yeah. So it, it, it's 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 – High time that we actually understand that, accept it, and continue to celebrate this. Um, is this her new song? It's just beautiful. It's, uh, uh, okay, but the video trailer, I have to say this. We can talk more about it. Um, what she's tapping into, you know, she recently got divorced. Mm-hmm. And she, in this video, it, it's it's iconic. It's a film. It's a three-part film mm. for this song. And it goes from watching her crying as she's uh, no longer a bride. And... Um, She's got the average fashion blogger in it. It's very humorous. Oh, we love her. We yeah. love her. But it's incredible. I think Casey Musgraves is going to take a lot of awards this year. It's she's phenomenal. Um, but I, I'm I'm happy for this. Yeah, I'm happy it's, it's, for all it's this. change that we need. Yes, it's, it is. You know, when I was a kid, I mean, I used to dream about you know Joey McIntyre, and I was like, I wish he was gay. Or like Jordan Knight. Yeah. The new kids on the block or whatever, you know what I yeah. mean? And Lance Bass coming out was a huge deal, you know, but it was, he kind of came out later after he was sort of in his prime. And that was a big deal. But to have these artists who are literally top selling artists currently right now. It's incredible. It's a different ball game. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. All right, we're heading into the Twilight Zone right now because that's where the story feels like it took place. Uh, This is incredible. It took place in the state of Hawaii uh, where a man by the name of Joshua Spreesterbach, 50 years old. uh, So here's the story. He's waiting in line for uh, uh, for food outside of a Honolulu shelter. Uh, back in 2017, right? 
This guy had some mental health issues, to be fair, and he was going to a place that offers free meals to those in need. Okay, While he was there, uh, waiting in line, he fell asleep outside for just a bit. Authorities came, arrested him, or, t- or took him away, I will say, um, and they put him into a mental health facility for almost three years. Okay, so here's where the story gets a little bit more uh, problematic. Not only did he think he was being put there because there's an ordinance that says you can't sleep out on public property. That's what he thought he was being brought in for. Turns out it was a case of mistaken identity. They thought he was Thomas Castleberry, a completely different person, and locked the guy up for Almost three years in a mental health facility, and it was never him. Would you lose your mind? I mean, no pun intended. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think what's so sad, what's even worse is they tried to just let him go and keep it quiet. Like, well, I'm sorry, made a mistake. Like, go ahead, yeah. go be free. And well, like, they had him on, yeah, after it was all said and done, after they realized the mistake. Yes, yes. And. Uh, it's so problematic. I mean, you wouldn't want that for your for your worst nightmare. And it's not uh-uh. like he was being, you know, because I feel like some people can make the argument, well, he was homeless, so now he has a bed, and now he has, you know, food, and he's able to shower. But they were medicating him with medication that he didn't need. He was being held against his will, all because somebody made a mistake. Like, Yeah, he was given psychiatric drugs for almost three entire years. And, uh, and then he... Released with 50 cents to his name. 50 cents. Come on. I don't even, like, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, we see this here in in Southern California in particular. We have a major, major, major mental health crisis going on in our country. Um, And the homelessness crisis is intricately intertwined uh, with that crisis. Um, Back in the 1970s, I know that people who know, they know when Ronald Reagan was our president, he defunded so much of the mental health facilities and so many of those people were left out on the streets. They became homeless. And that that has been exacerbated by decades and decades of us not doing a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, now if you if you drive down any, uh, it used to be Skid Row. That's where I used to see the homeless. Right. Now you drive through Beverly Hills. And there are homeless encampments That's right. on the on the front sidewalks in front of multi-million dollar homes. And not to say that those living in Beverly Hills deserve more than anybody else, but outside of your neighborhood, right down the street from you, you know, we take our dog on a walk and we have to like walk over homeless people. Yeah. Like, where, where I used to go to the gym, we used to do, um, it was kind of like a CrossFit gym and we would do like runs, you know, sometimes they make you run around the block or run down the alley halfway around the block. And we would do that and they had to stop because there were homeless encampments filling the entire alley where you couldn't even run through it anymore and became unsafe. Um, so it's, so I understand the need to try to get people off the streets. I get that. I get that. There's gotta be a better way than putting a completely innocent man behind, you know, essentially behind bars, locked up in a facility for three years and giving him psychiatric drugs the entire time. That's just well, luckily though, there I will tell you though, there is there is hopefully there could be a happy ending to this story because um as I said, he does live in Hawaii. Uh and there's an organization there that right now that's trying to help him uh yes. turn things around <laughs> and, and make this right. Um and and hopefully Hopefully they're able to, you know, to to get him some sort of help 
to maybe get him some sort of some some sort of the medication he needs or the housing he needs. It's called the Hawaii Innocence Project, um, and they're working with him now. They filed a petition uh, just this week asking the judge to not just vacate the arrest and correct the entire his entire records, but you know get him back in a position where because here's the thing: this guy's this guy's already struggling. He's yeah. got 50 cents to his name. He's already homeless. But I and mean, you have, that's that, how... you have that on your record. You're not getting a job anywhere. Well, but also it's just like the humanity of it all. Like you want to sympathize with people who are making mistakes in law enforcement. But when you don't even have enough cooth to be like, hey, we made a really big mistake. This man is 50 cents to his name. He's been held here for three years. Like, how do we help him? It just it feels so inhumane. It feels like. Like a dog being released from like a a cage. It just feels so bad. And if it weren't for the Hawaii Innocence Project, we wouldn't know about this. Yeah. And we have this thing as humans, especially as Americans, where we have a tendency to place more value on lives of those who have succeeded. On those who have financial, you know, who have wealth, who who or have have a job um, and and. We, we value that over the human experience and over who people are and who they are in their hearts and how they treat others with kindness and live in the world around them. This man currently now does live in Vermont, um, and he's afraid to leave. He's afraid to leave his home now, um, or afraid to leave Vermont even. Oh, my God. Uh, I would be too. For fear of being arrested and then thrown. I just can't imagine because, like— We've seen, we've seen this in films and things like that over the years, but imagine you're in a mental health facility— and you just keep telling them, I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm not here. As it's portrayed in films, at least, it seems that everybody probably says that. That everybody probably says they're mentally fine and they don't deserve to be there. Well, this guy actually did it. Just, yeah. It's just heartbreaking. It's so sad. It's so sad. Tell me something good. I want to tell you something great happened this weekend in the NFL as uh, players across the league supported LGBTQ-friendly causes on the field. We're talking like the Trevor Project, Athlete Ally, and even Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation were represented in front of millions of viewers over the weekend. Uh, We've got a shot of the uh, cleats that Carl Nassib wore. They're black, and they say the Trevor Project on the side. Uh, The little loops that hold the the shoestrings are all the colors of the rainbow. And then around his ankles, it says protect LGBTQ plus lives. This is really, really cool. It was the NFL's annual My Cause, My Cleats initiative. Uh, which is a a series of in-season games where players across the league are allowed to wear cleats outside of the uniform-mandated norm in support of a nonprofit or charitable organization. Um, And a lot of athletes, actually more than ever, chose to support our community. Uh, Mm -hmm. Johnny Stanton, he's a fullback for the Cleveland Browns, uh, selected the athlete ally as the cause for his his cleats. Um, I think this is really cool. That this is like this is what happens when somebody like Carl Nassib, who's actively playing in the NFL for the Las Vegas Raiders, comes out of the closet. And I think that the idea that supporting uh, somehow the, the 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 community uh, in the past there used to be a stigma attached to that, like for straight men in particular, yeah, who supported this. People might they the assumption was oh they must be gay then, yeah. Why would they support? Mm-hmm. Well, they support because it's the right thing to do because we're all humans. So I, I'm kudos to the NFL. I think they should change this so and allow their their athletes to wear their because the NBA they wear different shoes every single night of the week. 
No, yeah, they don't who care. Cares? I, I I would love to see some rainbow cleats on some athletes every single Sunday going out there uh, or whatever, whatever the causes that you support. I think it's really cool. Absolutely. Okay, well, this story is amazing. So uh, the APLA Health uh, announced it received a donation of $250,000 specifically to help fund its Party Wise harm reduction scheme. Now, Party Wise is specifically aimed at gay and bi men in Los Angeles who use crystal meth. The donation comes from the Murray Reese Foundation. Now, meth use has risen dramatically in recent years, particularly during the pandemic in Los Angeles. Meth overdose deaths increased 77% from March to December 2020, compared to the same period in 2019. And reality television producer Jonathan Murray and partner Harvey Reese are the couple behind the Murray Reese Foundation. Foundation. They've been together since 1992. And in a statement, the couple said, too many promising gay men's lives are being destroyed by meth. We hope that this additional support helps them. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's a real problem. I'm here for it. And I'm so here for it. All right, this Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. It is the holiday season. Pick up a peppermint mocha for just $2. Now prices may vary, uh, but it's so delicious and it'll get you right into the holiday season. Thank you to all of our guests. We have a fabulous show for you this week as we continue celebrating the holidays. Uh, So as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.